Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Legal Wolf podcast which was set up to raise awareness of mental health and also tackle the stigma not only in the UK but around the world. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Dines who is a mental health advocate and registered psychologist. Hi Dines. Hi Steve. So, first of all, just for the listeners, would you be able to give a bit of background about who you are and also the reason for you becoming a mental health advocate? Okay, um, hi everyone, I'm Diane. I I am a mental health advocate. Actually, I'm also a registered psychologist. As of the moment, I work in a university as a discipline for major, but it doesn't stop me from my passion in the mental health realm. It's like, I think since I was in college, psychology was, was close to my heart, which I didn't realize until I was in my master's then, and I was having my clinical psych master's, and then yeah. everything is part of the history already. It's, it's what I get taught. Okay. And in terms of the, within your practice as a psychologist and your passion with not only within your work, but in grad school, do you come across mental health problems frequently? Actually, I don't know how how I'm going to put it, but it's, unfortunate to see that even in not in a clinical practice I see that really mental health is an issue and so um, an increasing cases here also in the Philippines particularly when the pandemic started to hit off like everything else just started to um, rise up even in our university particularly the students as well, that catered as a formator. That's what I noticed. Yeah. And in terms of the mental health stigma within the Philippines, what's your honest opinion of it as a mental health advocate within the Philippines? Is it hugely stigmatized or has there been some progress in the last few years particularly since covid actually since um because um mental health law in the philippines started sometime really 2013 if i'm not mistaken but i i can see that there is a slow progress that's um how i see it particularly in my profession right now, um, in the academia, um, we just recently um, putting things into perspective, like in making some alignments within our policies, particularly in the student discipline. I'm actually part of a subcommittee in um, this policy, okay. crafting of policy for our students. So. There's this subcommittee that talks about mental health in terms of um, providing 
discipline related cases first to this with mental health cases. So I think it's a good progress, although it's still yeah. slow progress um, when it comes to um, really taking mental health as something to be embraced by everyone here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's probably one of the key messages that every country needs to take in the sense that mental health needs to be embraced very much like physical health because it's just as important if not more important than physical health your mental health um if you suffer with a mental health problem in the philippines are there hospitals that you can go to to get treatment and is it is it very expensive or is the insurance that you would need to take out reasonably priced um with regards to what i'm saying a while ago about the placement of the law here in the philippines actually that um, helps in terms of placing some insurance companies are now considering to place mental health as part of the the policies that they give to to their clients okay. because I think um yeah it's a it's a bit expensive with even um living here in the Philippines it's still a bit expensive knowing that those with mental health cases are more prone to those with um poverty areas also so the, yeah. although there are also hospitals here who provide pro bono cases like um giving free counselings or free therapies and whatnot but i think um there's still a dearth even um we have registered psychologists i think the ratio of the cases with regards to the providers of the psychiatrists the psychologists are still a bit lacking in terms of the number of mental health illnesses okay um i, I think that's one thing to align also with the language the use of mental health and mental health so that's yeah. something that has to be uh, considered and talked about as well yeah and uh, i think that comes nicely on to my next point in in terms of how powerful language can be when you're discussing mental health or having a conversation with someone who is suffering with a mental health problem. So a clear example would be if someone is suffering with depression and a person says to this person suffering with depression, oh just snap out of it which is really negative language when you're talking to someone with depression because that won't get them out of their depression if anything it will put them more into the depression um yeah and i mean how can we reduce the stigma of mental health around the world is it just a case of educating more and more people raising their awareness of mental health or is there something more 
radical that needs to happen, i.e. the media's portrayal of mental health has to change in order for the rest of the world to be fully aware of good mental health and also poor mental health? I think there are two things that, that needs to be um, put in practice. Yeah. First would be, yeah, education is very important. And when, when I talk about education, it's not just educating those who are close to these people who may have mental health issues or mental health problems, but yeah. also those who may not be aware that, um, I, I think mental health, it's a concern for all. It's not yeah. just like like as you mentioned, it's like just physical health when when the when you are experiencing something that is not normal, then you go to the right professionals. So I think that's one thing also. And then yeah, education as young as like um preschool, I think you can actually start with that within the family. Yeah. You can start the use of the right language. Especially, I, I think I still believe that, that the power of communication within the family is highly important because what the, the children see from their parents, they usually follow and you know they just model this kind of behavior. So if the parents are actually educated well enough in terms of how do they use the proper language um, within their community, I think that somehow gives a good message to their children. And then, of course, the school, it's like from the micro to the macro aspect of the entire community. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm really glad that you've said that about um, educating young children because I've been mentioning on this podcast about potentially getting something on the national curriculum to teach young children in primary school about mental health obviously make it age appropriate because the last thing you want to do is scare them off and make them more afraid um and i do kind of feel that it it would be easier to change the mindset of a child because they're more open to different viewpoints than say an old person in their 40s or 50s who have been brought up with fixed ideas fixed values and it's more difficult to change that mindset although since covid i think that is starting to change because more people are having these problems with anxiety and depression so i think before covid it would have been a lot easier to discuss with young children and young adults compared to people in their 40s, 50s and onwards. But now, since COVID, I think it's probably more... um, What's the word? More thought about by the older generation with what covid has effectively it it's changed the way the world works i mean the world is going to be a very different place 
when we come out of COVID and I think people are more aware and appreciate the smaller things in life. age appropriateness it's it's very um i mean it has also it needs to be aligned with the the values that you also place yeah. with your for example within your family like um one one example here in the philippines if, if i may if i may provide yeah yeah before i think i, I was I, I was one of those few people or many people I, I really don't know that when I was growing up I noticed that the term it, it's a Philippine word value it's it's being used like a, a, it's being used as a matter of a joke but okay. value is translated as a, a, a crazy person so imagine putting that that kind of language and equating that as as, as, uh, as a matter of a joke, how children would welcome this. And when they see people who, who acted differently, they will just notch that kind of joke. And who knows, maybe that person is actually um, going through something. And instead of helping that person, you are actually putting more harm than, than doing to that person. So I think that's where the... The, the language and the uh, that, yeah, the placement of the right values with our children is very important. Yeah. I think it's being mindful also within our, within our own value system as adults. So we would know what, what to impart on children. But it's difficult. It's not that an easy part that we take. I guess it, it, it takes time. Yeah. It takes time. It's a journey for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And in terms of how the media portray mental health and also films because films can be very powerful in putting forward a particular message and there don't seem to be that many positive stories on film regarding mental health they all seem to be tarnished with the same brush as a crazy and in inverted commas person which isn't always the case um do, do you feel that the media in terms of the news and the film industry that they could do more to um spread the positive words around mental health I think it's a, I think it's a responsibility of everyone who's who's involved, particularly the media. Yeah. Like especially now, everyone's online. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's out there and facing because of this COVID situation. I think um, just like what we what they have been doing with this pandemic situation, I think it's also highly important that they stick with evidence based research-based uh, factual things instead of sensationalizing some things just to get the good ratings. I guess it's being more responsible and again going back to the values of that in terms of how they can help um, 
uh, with regards to uh, destigmatizing yeah. these uh, things about mental. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Um, as you quite rightly point out, there is a responsibility on all of us to normalise the conversation around mental health. And in terms of the influences that, as far as I'm concerned, I'd never heard of an influencer till about four weeks ago, um, that have hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, and they're obviously on social media, be it Instagram, be it TikTok. Uh, I kind of feel that because they have so much of a following online that they should promote mental health positively not just on world mental health day which is one day in a 365 day year that they should be promoting it and talking about it so all of their followers get to see it but the one thing that i think stops them from doing that is that if they talk about mental health they will lose quite a few of their followers because their followers aren't interested in that kind of topic because they're more interested in the blingy watches that they own and the flash and fast cars that they drive and the exotic places that they go on holiday but they are in a perfect position with a massive following to normalise the conversation. What are your views on that, Dines? Um, honestly, I, I'm not a social influencer, but I totally agree with your, uh, your point of view in terms of how these influencers, uh, those with the great thousands or even millions yeah. um, of followers, I think they, uh, I, I keep going back to the values of the interview that I sorry if I keep repeating myself, but I guess I think it's very essential for us to look inward. Just like these influencers, what are they looking for? What yeah. are they, um, I think, is their purpose? Do they find meaning of doing these things? I, I think that's one thing that they have to, to check within themselves first for them to really see if um, these are the things that needs attention. Yeah. I think it's, it's not just mental health that we need to, to talk about, but I, of course, as a mental health advocate, I would love to see um, people I follow that is also aligned with the belief system that I look for. Otherwise, why would I follow these people? I can just unfollow them, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I totally agree with, with what you said about um, they are in the best position that they can help promote, you know, like just like the parents in their family, the schools, the community, yeah. the media. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, for doing that. Yeah. And Hopefully they're listening. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> and I, I also agree with your point that there are obviously many issues that need to be discussed. One is obviously mental health. One is equality. And one is race and racism. 
and I feel that if influencers discussed these three things and showcased it to their followers, I think the the normalization around the conversation it, it wouldn't necessarily change overnight, but it would change um, at a quicker pace if everyone comes together and discusses these very important issues that have particularly been raised during the pandemic. Obviously, race in America, mental health has obviously been raised a lot as well due to the the effects that COVID has on individuals and the effect that lockdowns have on people in a variety of countries because we are essentially social beings we're not used to staying indoors only allowed to go out to do certain activities because yeah even the most introverted person would need someone to talk to yeah 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 absolutely and in terms of the vision for the world moving forward in regards to mental health stigma, what would your vision be? That's a tough question. <laughs> but to make it um, simply how I envision this, I, I think, again, I, I go back to how a person would put in place all those values that he has or she has for her own life. That's yeah. very important. And from there, maybe hopefully this pandemic is something that really puts some kind of transition to the to the whole world world like that. But yeah. that hopefully it doesn't just end when the pandemic ends, people goes goes back to where they started and then going back to um, making this just a fun joke or yeah. trying to underestimate its importance. So hopefully it will be a slow but sure progress. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a positive <laughs> um, optimist in terms <laughs> of um, looking at it. But it doesn't mean that I don't see um, the negative side of or the reality of life because I guess it's, it's not just about being positive all the time, but also acknowledging this negative because it's part of us. Yeah. I think that's, that's one part of the journey that we have to also um, realize for us to really have a good grasp of what this mental health is all about. Yeah. And I hope I answered your question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> my, my hope is that people obviously after the experience we've been through with covid don't revert back to me 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 because i think that's how that's how the world was going beforehand people focus on themselves and their own achievements and their own goals and ambitions and there wasn't a lot of uh, kindness around whereas I think now 
COVID has made everybody realise that family and friends are extremely important and the material and tangible items like the flashy watches and the big houses and the blingy cars aren't necessarily the be all and end all because I think this pandemic has made people appreciate even more their families and their friends and their own health and I hope that that continues once we're out of the pandemic and we've finally got it under control I I certainly hope that the world becomes a better place, better than it was before the pandemic. I want to be there. <laughs> I want to be there. I totally support with that mission. We all hope that hopefully everyone hopes the same thing. That yeah. this time is genuine enough. That's what we see right now. There's genuineness all around us. Yeah. And finally, I always like to end on a light-hearted question. And that question is, what would your dream job be and why? And I've had some quite out there answers to this question. Oh, it's, it's, so, it's a very different <laughs> dream job. I think I, I've accepted it, but um, I used to start to become an astronaut. It's so different from what I'm doing right now. Wow. But maybe if I, if I have to um, align it with what I'm doing right now, probably I would still would want to retire as someone who would provide the service. Yeah. But hopefully I have the means to just serve it and don't get money out of it. Because I think there's really a lot of people who do this right now. And if only everyone can afford living without using money you know the current yeah i think we'll be able to sustain the living so i make sure in my own ways right now i can yeah well it, it certainly comes across that you're very passionate about helping people and mental health and it's been a pleasure having you on the show Dines. i'm sure the listeners will have taken some insights from the episode in terms of how we can tackle the stigma regarding mental health to normalize the conversation and once again it's been a pleasure to have you on thank you and i'm very honored that you've invited and hopefully i will have imparted some things to your listeners as well hopefully these podcasts um, continues because it's really um getting a good message across the world yeah Hopefully you continue doing this. Thank you. Thank you. And that concludes today's episode with Dinez. 
and discussing all things mental health within the Philippines. Please leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and also like the Legal Wolf Instagram and LinkedIn pages to stay right up to date with the latest content. Thank you.